Ladies and gentlemen, this is the BU Hockey Show. Thanks for one-timer. Down low for Cockrell. In front, Curry scores! BU moving it well, and a shot and a goal! Mueller deeks, saved by Schroeder! Got an opportunity for a shot, and she scores! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 11 of the BU Hockey Show. I'm Patrick Donnelly. With me, as always, is Brady Gardner. How are we today, Brady? I'm so good, Patrick. So good. Oh, such a great day. It's, it's uh, a great it's a, day. It's a, great it's a Monday, but it's a but it's, it's a Monday, but it's also a Tuesday. But we're starting the week <laughs> off great. It feels like a Monday, but it is actually a Tuesday. Right. But I mean, I'm not couldn't be happier. It's a great weekend in BU hockey. Exciting week coming up. You can't ask for much more. I agree. So before we get to this weekend's exciting game action, we have a bit of news. Um, breaking news. This is breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news. Yeah. within the last like five minutes before we started recording. Yeah. So Hockey East, in their ever-changing schedule world, announced today that the schedules for both men's and women's will be continue to be made on a weekly basis going forward for the rest of the season. As of right now, BU Men's Hockey still has Maine for Friday, Saturday at home. BU Women's Hockey, instead of UConn home and away on Saturday, Sunday, they now have Maine at home for both Saturday and Sunday. So you know what that means, Brady? What does it mean? See, the, see this men's composite schedule here? Oh, boy. Do it. <laughs> just get rid of it. You just don't see need it anymore. See this women's composite schedule? Believe... This women's composite schedule? It's gone, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't believe we made it this long, <laughs> believing we'd actually play the schedule that was made. Boy, is that a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about time. You know, we saw this coming. Hockey is just saying, screw the schedule that we made back in November. Doesn't matter. We're just going to pair up teams and say, you guys go play. And it's probably the best way to do it. You know, it, it kills the, the neat freaks like us, you know, the, those that like to be organized and know like, oh, coming up this week, I have that or that week. I, you know, here's how it looks like now we're literally living week to week, but we're living and dying by the schedule makers. Literally. Yeah. But for the sake of making sure that we get games played and having every team compete when they're available to, uh, I just think that this makes the most sense. So well done to Hockey East for accepting this and uh, embracing the chaos. Uh, that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, there's part of me that loves the chaos element of this. Um, you know, I always root for chaos, especially when it doesn't involve my teams. Um, well, but unfortunately it has this year. Unfortunately, it involves the teams that we cover this year. Um, however, like like you said, this is kind of, their hand was forced. It was just kind of getting to be, um, not to come across um, as a jab at hockey's, but it was kind of becoming a circus with the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done the best they can. They've done all they could but it just is what it is and this is probably the like you said the easiest way to go about things going forward because teams are we're seeing are a week by week even day by day basis hour by hour who's able to play or not so this is probably the best way to take stock of what games can be played each week rather than kind of all right we're gonna fingers crossed hopes for the best that vermont doesn't shut down again this week and they can play and it was going okay, and this is probably the, just the way to do everything as smoothly as possible. I mean, this is kind of what they've been doing. You know, they just haven't made it official. Like, almost every well, week they've had to change to... at least half of their scheduled games. Yeah, and they've, there's still been an element of trying to cling to what was originally scheduled, though. A little bit. And yeah, so now you're, that's be- totally you're better kind of... off throwing that off out the window and trying to not keep that in mind when, you have, when you're trying to figure out a schedule for each weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Again, kudos to them for, you know, hand up recognizing the easiest way to go about things going forward. 
Well, that's right. And I think, you know, we look all the way back. Their initial plan was everybody's going to see every team at least once. You're going to maybe even have a couple extra matchups, which we know isn't the case. Those flex games are long gone. Uh, and I'm sure that now, while they're doing the schedules on a week-by-week -week basis, it's still going to be like, oh, try to play teams that you haven't played yet. Like looking right now with the BU women set to play Maine. That was a series that they missed from earlier this year. They were supposed to open with them. They couldn't. Meanwhile, they were going to play UConn this week, but they've already played UConn once. So let's have them play Maine now. It just makes sense. So now you're not trying to go with that original schedule that definitely did not account for any of what's happened over the last two months. And you can just focus on what you need to do now. Uh, so, yeah, I like it. Well done, Hockey East. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say on that. Good. But, oh, for series that were played. Oh, Patrick. For series that were played, if you did not catch this weekend's BU-UMass series that was miraculously miraculously happened mm. um man <laughs> boy right. did you boy did you miss out I, i'm still flabbergasted that they pulled it off um yeah. but boy did you miss out on some exciting hockey if you did not catch that your boston university terrier is currently unranked uh the most votes not of any the, well it depends on this weekend um mm. unfortunately the vote happened before yesterday's sweep I, i'm gonna spill the beans unfortunately the vote happened before yesterday's sweep of a top 10 team in mm -hmm. umass um, but in the USCHO poll, they are the most teams receiving votes that aren't ranked. They, I believe they got 59 votes. And the USA Hockey, USA Today poll, poll like somehow only got like five votes, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, they're pretty low on the list of teams that said others receiving votes. They're pretty low there, which is shocking. Um, but that's neither here nor there because we're here to recap some hockey for you. And on Saturday or Sunday, Sunday, the BU upset number six, then number six UMass. Mm-hmm. Five to four, right? Four two. Four two. Four two. Excuse me. There you four, go. Four two. I, I have um, all these games are such high scoring. I have the five four from Providence on the mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't that four six to two? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Six four. four final. Whatever. Don't count the empty <laughs> netter. Either way, they upset the then number six Massachusetts Minutemen four to two on the road at the Mullen Center. What a win. What are your takeaways there? Well, yeah, I mean, we go into the first period there, and we said it on the podcast last week, like, if you find a way to get one win against UMass, like, you're loving it. You're like, yep, we'll take our one win. We'll go two and two out of these two series against both ranked teams in Providence and UMass, and we're totally fine with that. Sounds great. And after the first period, you would have loved that because they got outshot, like, 13 to 1 in the first at UMass. I mean, it's kind of been the ratio all season, but that's not <laughs> kind of there. So you're just being outplayed. And it's like, oh, this could really get ugly fast. And Comesso kept you in it, and somehow the one shot of that period was a goal. So you're still only down 2-1 after just a terrible 20 minutes. And from then on, it was just all BU the rest of the weekend, which is insane. Eh, well, no, not the okay, rest okay, of the okay. weekend. On Monday, it was Oh, boy, did it not look good on Monday. It didn't. That's right. Fine. But the rest of Sunday's game, they generally controlled it. And, you know, they got some timely scoring, right? They were outshot. Again, that's just kind of the BU trademark this year, at least so far, against great offenses, though. Uh, and so you got timely scoring, and you got great defense, too. I've never seen so many guys diving around to block shots, and the goalie was rock solid. Like, you got a full team performance on Sunday, uh, and I don't want to jump right to Monday, but I'm almost more impressed with the Monday win, to be honest. Yeah, I'm almost more... I think I'm definitely more impressed with the Monday win. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, Saturday... You come out with absolutely nothing. Sunday. Sun Sunday, god damn. Like, you, you come out with absolutely nothing against a team like UMass, seven-game win streak. You know, Matt Murray, I believe, was undefeated in regulation. Um, hmm. 
I mean, I yeah, seven game win streak. This team's Se- on fire. seven game win streak, top ten team, number six, and like, there's no reason for BU to kind of take control for most of that game like they did. And you know, like you said, Drew Camesso was their saving grace in the first period. Boy, would they have been lost without him. I feel like we, we're saying we've that said a lot that all about all four games. Boy, would they be lost without Drew Camesso. Um, and you know. Logan Cockrell is off to a great start, which you love to see considering last year was marred by injury and all that, which he might be again, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like after a dud of a, th- of a first period, you come out, you, you really control the second, you get a timely goal by Cockrell to equalize it, and then you come out in, and then you take the lead thanks to Ferentz, and mm-hmm. then in the third, from there on out, it was kind of like the third period against Providence where you're just kind of, I don't want to say like packing it in and parking the bus and stuff, but you're, you're, uh, it's, it's smarter hockey, I suppose. Um, and you're kind of gonna, you're not gonna, they weren't taking as many chances offensively, which is fine because you ended up getting insurance, but it was a lot of shutdown stuff, a lot of, you know, making sure you're on the right side of the puck and a defense first mentality, which I don't know if that, te- if that's that team's trademark yet, but <laughs> they've done it enough to win in those, in the Providence third period and then the second half of the UMass game. And then it kind of it sort of carried over into the first period of Monday, and then yeah. it it then Monday got dicey. Right. Let's we'll get to that. I I want to say too, like one of the biggest things I've noticed um, between you know that the debacle of an opening game against Providence, where you get smacked seven to three, where you're putting up goals but you just can't keep it out of your net. Like I noticed so much more discipline in the way that they played on Sunday compared to the way that they played back against Providence. Like they respected. UMass's offense, they know that UMass is going to be aggressive on the forecheck and throw everything they can on net and, you know, just be all around the offensive zone. Like, that's UMass's game. They just roll four lines right at you the whole time. And so when BU was sitting back, they were kind of welcoming the pressure, but also not giving up many high-danger looks. Like, Camessa wasn't flying around making incredible saves. He was just keeping his positioning, and the puck was just hitting him because they weren't, inc- like, insane shots. They were just... You know, BU's defense did enough to keep them away from the net, and for the most part, that worked. And then, of course, you get the timely scoring. Uh, The Cockrell shorthanded goal in the third period for insurance was massive, and that was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Like, those two breakaway goals, just great finishes, you know, great anticipation to get the opportunities, instincts, and all that, reactions, whatever you want to say, Uh, but then being able to finish them off, too, and they needed those goals, obviously, what pretty much proved to be the difference, so... It was awesome. It was a great win on Saturday or Sunday. God, we're having trouble here with this Sunday Monday series. Um, really it was throwing a great me win. off. Yeah, but we uh, definitely didn't expect it to get better on Monday. Oh no, we're uh, you know, like you said last week, we were like, they do not stand a great chance against UMass, especially the way they played against Providence for most of that weekend. But if you can get one and one or one zero and one out of it, that's perfectly fine. Or maybe zero one and one, just get something out of it. And they got better. They got they got five of six out of it, which was great. And especially the way things were looking Monday, um, you know, you come out, you're playing. The first half of the first period was a lot of a lot. Bu Dylan Peterson with two goals on the weekend. The one on Monday to open the scoring was boy was that pretty. He recognizes the lap in coverage, uh, for laps in coverage I should say for UMass walks right down the side and there was not a ton of daylight over Matt Murray's left shoulder, but Peterson found it with a pretty shot. Um, and then from there on out, it felt like BU kind of sat back in that first period. Um, and it showed, because especially in the in the closing moments of the first, UMass kind of took control. They tied up. Um, weird deflection. 
Um, but again, off a turnover, off a sloppy play. Um, and then you come out in the second and you are thoroughly, thoroughly out-sicated, out-muscled, out-played. Yeah, not um, pretty. And you're down 3-1 all of a sudden, heading, heading into the third. But even then, those two goals in the second, I, be- I believe, like, all the goals Comesso gave up on Saturday, um, neither one of them are like goals you're sitting there saying, or, God, Monday, Monday. <laughs> all yeah. the goals Comesso gave up on Monday, you're sitting there, and it's not like... And you're not saying to yourself, oh, man, I wish he would have had that. A lot of them, like, you know, that deflection in front and then a, a just a greasy goal in front that, you know, Comesso's down and out, Jishowitz, uh finds it, or Jishevitz, um finds it and manages it to just f- slip it through the scrum. And then another deflection on Jake Gaudet's goal in the second. So Comesso didn't really have any goals that had you shaking your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he made the saves that he needed to make. And, you know, the third period, you come out and... Logan Cockrell gets kind of headhunted by Jake Gaudet. He gets tossed. I think we're still waiting to see if he might get a suspension or not. Yeah. Um, not pretty. Not a good hit at all. No. Contact to the <laughs> head. He, he's Greg out. Carville couldn't defend that one. <laughs> uh, your feelings for Carville aside, um, you know, we'll the get BU gets that. a five-minute five minute major power play. Dom Fanzori walks right down. and Boy, was that a pretty wrist that shot pretty. to beat Murray. Make it 3-2 and then promptly takes a penalty. Um, after Comesso saved a breakaway from Matt Kessel, um, mm. who was great this weekend for UMass, that we'll, we'll, I guess I guess we'll get to him. Um, but you know it kind of negates most of the rest of the penalty. You come out, you only have like forty five seconds left, um, and then from there you're like, all right, show show me the response. And Wilmer Scoob, we we me and you talked about him earlier in the game. Didn't seem mm-hmm. like he had a ton of it. He didn't seem like he had his best legs under him. Um, but I believe his first game was Saturday, I believe, right? Yeah, um, he was out the entire first series, I believe. Um, but yeah, both him and Fuensori, really, we were like, ah, I'm not really seeing it from these guys yet. And then they score in the third period to tie it up. It's like, okay, yeah. sh- shut us up real quick. And that's, uh, I think UMass got a little overzealous there in the third period. You know, mm. um, Luke Tuck picks off a home run pass. They were trying to do a stretch pass off the boards um, down the ice, and Luke Tuck's just kind of there, picks it up, and uh, finds Skoog in the slot. He one times at home and force overtime, a couple big saves by Comesso, and David Ferentz, averaging two points on the season, walks right down Main Street on a breakaway off a great pass from Nick Zabonet. My Might be my new favorite player, by the way. Like, He's watching him in person, we haven't seen them play much in person, can't go to practices, only two home games. But he has really impressed me. And we have a lot of individual notes, but focusing on the game, like, just the way that they came back in the third and, you know, against a UMass team that was improved, I'd say, Monday compared to Sunday, the way that they, you know, lost it on Sunday. Uh, I think they came back with a little more motivation on uh, on Monday, and BU was just able to get it done somehow. And even in overtime, our first three-on-three overtime experience at BU definitely did not disappoint. Lots of action on both ends. Uh, and, you know, you find the pass to Ference, and as soon as he crosses the blue line, it's like, all right, good game. You know, you just know he's going to finish that, and he did. So it was a, it, you know, it was a fun time to be there, too. Like, I, I, one of those where you really wish there were fans and, you know, would have been like a, a season-defining win, maybe, of, of a previous year. Um, and, but, you know, no one was there, unfortunately. Um, still, mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. Great win, great series. Yeah, and um, just overall on, on individual notes, I, and we can't say enough about Comesso, 33 saves on Saturday, Sunday, and 44 saves on Monday. 44 mm-hmm. saves on Monday. 44. Yeah. Like, they got absolutely trounced in that second period, and UMass is just throwing anything and everything on the goal, and 
couple big saves in the final moments, you know, in like with under five minutes to play, Bobby Trevino walks right down the wing, all un- totally uncovered. Um, Camesso smothers it with the glove. And then with the, in the final seconds left, super, like 18 seconds left, super underrated save. But um, Eric Faith just throws one in from the point, and there's three guys Camesso has to see through, finds it with the glove, and holds for a whistle to get be a breather. So yeah, can't say enough about two, mm-hmm. two weekends in a row now that he's been the better goaltender against guys that are probably more experienced. Jackson Stauber last week didn't look great. Matt Murray this week I didn't think looked great. You know, there weren't any saves he had that were really like, oh, my gosh, how did he get that one? He, he uh, made most of the saves Against Jake Wieckowski on Sunday. Okay, maybe I missed that one. On Sunday against Jake Wieckowski, puck slides, uh, finds its way through him, trickles through and oh, sitting yeah. on the goal line, yes. and he beats Jake Wieckowski to it and sweeps it away. So there's one. That's a good point. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was him or defender or what. But otherwise, you know, I think Camesso, like you said, 44 saves, and it's almost a quiet 44 because he isn't, you know, falling all over the place and, and you know, making just these spectacular saves, but he's just so consistent. What did Albie said? He's as normal as, as you can get for a goaltender. Something he's like the that. most normal. He's pr- he's very normal for a goalie, which is really nice. Is what, what does Albie that said. mean? <laughs> like goalies are like super weird and quirky. Yeah. So weird. Okay. Um. Well, regardless, I just think he's just so consistent back there, and even just in his fourth game as a college player, like you can see it. He's just he can see the puck well. He's you know he does not doesn't really give up many bad rebounds. Not many second chance opportunities. Uh, and he knew like the situations too. He knew when to play the puck. He knew when to hold on to it, um, which he had to do a lot because B was chasing the game for for some good stretches when you know, just out of gas, right? Uh, against a team that has played 14 games yesterday. So I think uh, you know he he backstopped them to those two wins. He's a big part of that. Uh, but there are also so many other guys that were involved. Do you have anybody else that stood out to you? I definitely do. Oh, Ferrets for sure. I mean, the man is yep. averaging eight points, a, or not eight points. He's eight <laughs> points in the season, three goals, five assists. Uh, he has a goal and assist in each game this weekend. Um, in four games, he's averaging two points a game as a defenseman. And, you know, last year we're like, this can't be any better. He's ready for the pros now. And he's a Hobie Baker finalist. And he comes back and we're like, all right, big year. He's got to back this up. Mm-hmm. And he, he so far he has. And yeah. boy, is it a treat watching him play hockey. Um uh, other notables, I mean, it's nice to see Peterson. He's a guy I'm really high on. Nice to see him get on the board twice. Um, I still think he's a little, he's been a little passive and like a little inconsistent, I guess, sh- on a shift to shift basis. But, you know, he's been out there for the penalty kill. Big block shot on Monday. He was kind of mm-hmm. down for a little bit there and finished his, sh- finished his shift. Um, but he's looked, he's looked improved, I guess, from overall from last series. Um, yeah, him and Tuck, by the way, both of them, like they've seen, you know, transitioned pretty seamlessly. They Tuck throw themselves been, around, like they're doing a good job. Yeah, Tuck has been arguably their best forward, I think, um, mm. as far as bringing it every shift um, yeah. and noticing him in a good way on every shift. There, I think there was yesterday one really bad. Oh, it was a giveaway. He was a two on one with Vlasic, pass like ten feet behind Vlasic. Yeah, but, you know what? Bad. It's gonna happen. He did that twice this weekend. You won. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean. Fensori, like the like the with the puck on his stick, it's coming, and you know, I think it's just a matter of being a little more disciplined without it. Um, but overall, overall, it's encouraging. Just from I guess for everyone right now, Nick Zabinet has been pleasantly surprising though. Oh, I know he's you have been a lot awesome. To, I know you have a lot to say about him. <laughs> I have so much to say about him. Like he's just such a danger with the puck on his stick. Like I I don't know. There there are a few guys I think who move with the speed he does on every given play like even when he doesn't have the puck he's just zipping around the ice it's as if like every situation is three on three and he just has endless space to work with 
Like it's a full sprint for him every time he's out there. He's so much energy, and and he's always you know getting the puck to dangerous areas. I've I really liked seeing him play. Uh, and then just so many other guys. You know, we saw, talked about Cockrell and how he kind of broke out, and, and you sure hope that he's okay. He did go back out for a shift after he got kind of clotheslined by that hit. Um, so maybe you know he was just testing it out, whatever the injury might have been, and just decided ah probably not a good idea. But the fact that he was able to try to go out for another shift at least tells you maybe it's not terrible. I don't know. We don't have any news on that. Uh, we'll probably get a better sense of it as we get closer to this series this weekend and during the series. Um, but guys like Jay O'Brien, you know, who's still a spark plug, he's been, you know, just as good as we expected him to be this year. Um, but then even the depth guys too, like looking at that fourth line of Corsia, Stevens, and Bogoslavsky, like th- that's a that's a solid fourth line for you know what you want out of your fourth line, which is get into guys, have energy. I think uh, Corsia for sure. He just was all over the ice, and especially for a big dude, he skates really well. Uh, and Bogoslavsky too, huge on the penalty kill at times. I'm not sure we saw that out of him. Uh, last year so that was awesome he hardly played Um, last year exactly yes that's right so good to see him in there uh but then also looking at this forward group because i'm just talking about that now like there there's a lot of competition for spots here because you were missing ty amonti you were missing ethan phillips um i'm definitely forgetting other people jake uh, wise case mccarthy Jake, well, yes, uh, Jake Wise, another one. Like, there are a lot of guys here that you could plug into the lineup, but I don't quite know where, you know, which is an awesome problem to have. <laughs> Even, like, Jake Wojcicki yeah, yeah. has played well. Max Kaufman has been a surprise. Like, there have been some really good spots here. Yeah, Jake Wojcicki was, was a super underrated part of the tying goal yesterday for Skoog. Um, yeah. You know, it's BU's in the middle of a change. Wojcicki's last one on for his line. Chips puck in deep. One-man forecheck. Um, kind of pressures one UMass defender, he goes D to D, and then kind of pressures the other guy. He reverses it back to the first defender, who coughs it up to Luke Tuck, and he finds Wilmer Skoog in the in the high slot. So like that was like Albie like praises Jake Wachowski on a nightly basis. Whenever whenever he comes up, like whenever <laughs> yeah, we talk to Albie, awesome. he mentions Jake Wachowski and just how big a part of that team he is. Like and it's he, like Albie acknowledges it. Like you're not going to notice him a whole lot. For things he does on the ice, it's what he does in the room and on the bench for the team. Um, yeah. as a but he's been noticeable and, on the ice, which is great. Yeah, and that's a play that you expect out of a guy like that. That's a smart play. Yep. That's a that's a play from a guy who who knows what he's doing, like clearly. Um, but I mean, so, like as much as uh, Fensori, we'd like a like. There's like more to be desired. Just switching gears here, I suppose. Um, but like as much as there's like more to be desired out of Fensori. Um, sneaky four points or uh, five points in those last three games. Wow, uh, really? A goal and four assists. Big part um, of the power play, too. He's almost, like, it's interesting how they use him on the power play because he just kind of roams around and just sets up different little passing plays while Ferentz just sits up at the blue line. It's kind of what Ferentz used to do. But no, Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's pretty crazy the talent they have on the power play on the it's first power watch, play. Yeah. yeah, like, just the movement they got. Like, O'Brien's all over the place, too. Um, mm-hmm. O'Brien, I believe, is a point per game. Um, or three and four, something like that, a goal, two assists, goal, three assists, four, two and two, uh, something like that. But, like, there's a lot of encouraging signs that the guys we were, we were excited about but also cautiously optimistic about mm-hmm. on what they could do, and so far it's paying off. Yeah, you just need a big body in front, I think, on the power play, and you have Skoog and Cockrell were kind of hanging out around the crease. That's not I really think... Cockrell's game, and maybe it's Skoog's and he just didn't have a good week, uh, but I'd love to see, like, Tuck in there, which he was sometimes. I think he was on the second unit. Uh, and even Corsia, who's had some power play time in the past, too. Just a big body to have in front, push guys around. Yeah, I mean, like, so I think 
I like the idea of what they're trying to do with Skoog in front because you know he's six two, but he looks way bigger than six two out there. Like <laughs> yeah. he's like he like he's like a hulking six two, I suppose to describe it. And so you got that big body out there, and I guess you're trying to combine the skill with the grit because um, we know he has the skill. Um, so I'm I'm willing to give that more time because again it was his first series. He looked a little off, so he's probably still getting his legs under him for at least for game speed. Um, but either way. I think it's a good problem to have on the power play of like who's going to play in front of the net and because right. there's so many guys. It's like what we said, drawing into the forward lineup. It's such a good problem to have. Well, and especially this year when you might have these COVID things pop up and you know whether it's a guy and his roommate have to quarantine for a weekend just to be sure. Like You can survive these difficulties and, and, and having guys in and out of the lineup because you're so deep. And I don't think we were able to do that last year. Like I think BU had some troubles when it came to, like, oh, boy, we got three guys out tonight. What are we going to do? And that's exactly what we just saw on Monday and on Sunday, actually. Uh, and they were able to make up for it. So I think they've shown great depth on offense, and I think we're still waiting to see some of it come in on defense. Uh, I know we both have kind of pointed to Joseph Campolito as a guy who hasn't quite hit the ground running here at BU, and, and it's understandable, right? Everybody's going to go through their growing pains, especially with a new team. Um, but he had some improvements at times, especially playing next to Alex Vlasic. I think that's a good matchup uh, for him, get some defensive help next to Vlasic. Uh, and otherwise, I've loved Cade Weber. I've loved Thomas Jarman. You know you know what you're getting from Ferenc and, and Fensori popped up this weekend as well. Like, it's a strong defensive group too. Yeah, I've really, like, more, like, more on, um, like, Campolito. Uh, like, obviously the season opener was not great. He went <laughs> minus four. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he looked better this weekend, and you think you're probably part of it's playing next to Alex Vlasic, but, like, it's still a little bit of, oh, boy, when he has the puck on his stick. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's going to come. Like, you're, you've are spent so much time at Union, and now you're all of a sudden thrown into a different situation. It's a wild year. Um, so, like, I'm sure it's it'll, it'll be there. Um, and plus it helps to have just the experience and stuff on the back, on the back end. Um, but, you know, Thomas Jarman has been – surprising as to how quickly he's kind of jumped in it's probably probably helps he played 18 games before coming yeah um but like i think just overall like like Cade weber i didn't think had the greatest of debuts against providence on that saturday um so i was very interested to see how he responded this weekend and he was great like Vlasic and weber were Love your best penalty killers and imagine like I, I tweeted this like imagine skating down the wing on the power play and you you look up pick your head up looking for your options and you see Alex Vlasic, six foot six, and Cade Weber, six foot seven, waiting for you. Yeah, and then like Matt Corsia, Sam and, Stevens, or whatever. Yeah, know? like like just huge guys. Like and it felt like every like BU's in the box a lot again this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not as much on Monday, of course. And but Saturday, both teams went one for six on the power play, and you know you're still looking for a little bit more discipline discipline play out of this team. Um. But those guys, Vlasic and Weber, played basically the entirety of every penalty kill, which was crazy. And they mm-hmm. and they were pretty dominant on Saturday. So I think they found the the pairing for the shutdowns yeah. when when the shutdown situations. Yeah, as long as Drew Comesso can see through them, you know. But yeah, no one's getting near the crease when those guys are on the ice. That's for sure. Unless it's the second period on Sat on Monday. <laughs> I guess so. Well, no one's perfect. Boy, UMass had, like, all three forwards around the crease on the second period on Monday. They were just buzzing around Comesso. And, mm-hmm. But, you know what? All's well done as well. 
Right. Well, UMass, you know, they had everybody. They played a good series, I thought. Like, they, they for, for the most part, they looked good. You know, they dominated stretches of games. It was just BU who was able to take their opportunities a little bit better and, and shut it down when it mattered most, you know. And I think that it's a really, you know, it's a character win, I think. Uh, again, what was the, there was the big quote from Alvy. You, you tweeted it. It's like a signature quote. It was a, uh, it was a good one. With the recap? Yes, you tweeted at the top of the recap. Uh, we've got a really good, resilient group. They're really confident in their abilities. That okay. was on Monday. All right, so that, I mean, that's not as like inspiring on, uh, as I thought it was, but it's it's true. Like they bounced back that several times in this series. Yeah, and on let me find if you maybe you're thinking of the cockerel quote from Sunday. Um, it could be. It speaks to our character as a team and how much trust we have in each other. That was uh, after ah. I asked him about all the blocked shots. Oh yes. Um, that's right, and there is something different here, and maybe it's some of the uh, the former freshmen now sophomores growing up, and maybe you know it's it's some of the guys you brought in. Who knows? But there does feel like there's just a little bit more of that you know team factor here. Where last year's team, you know, they get down three um, one yesterday going into the third. I think they might be packing it in and saying like, oh, we're happy to get the one win this weekend. But instead, this year's team they they come back and. And they get the the win in overtime, you know. And I'm not trying to yeah. pump these tires too much. I know it's only two games, but just the positives you can take out of this, you know, <laughs> this might be the best we feel about any single series through the course of the season. Yeah, and on that, on the point you just made, I have a full quote from Albie about that exact. If you want that, oh, give it um, to from, us Why from not? last night. Um, I so the transcribing transcription service didn't get this quite all the way, so I will paraphrase. Um, but Mark Diver asked. Uh, Albie about the, the, the believability the team has this year compared to last year. And, you know, Albie went on a pretty long explanation. Um, but, you know, he's saying, like, last year, you know, you lose Ty Amati right away. Cockrell goes down until about February in their second game. Um, and all of a sudden, Patrick Harper and Patrick Curry have to lead a bunch of kids. Um, and that's exactly what he said. Uh, where is it? They're, they were just leading a bunch of kids. And so, like... <laughs> Like nice. it's a it's Killed a lot it. like so it was a lot of lessons on the job and a lot of minutes on like learning on the fly and you know like he said him and his staff said at the time if we could be five hundred by Christmas we we'd be psyched yeah man um that's just like that's a money to, like Jeez. like last year's team just the experience to then and now so he said so it's, a lot of it is you know the steps the sophomore took the leadership group this year especially with Cockrell um and David Farron's playing the way he is. And he's also credits a lot to the um, the freshmen because, like we as we've mentioned a lot today, the freshman class this year has been dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up and down, really. You know, even the guys that yeah, can't believe you know we said no, Nick Zavina or Zavina, whatever. We were it is. like, uh, we have no like, idea oh, who this kid in. is, and maybe like, as a junior he'll find his role. No, here he is, literally as a freshman. Like, show us what yeah. we know, right? <laughs> oh well. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of positives to come out of the team, and you could see just how much it meant to him, which was great. Um, and I'm sure there's a little extra there too about beating UMass, beating a you know Greg Carvel, a team that definitely you know loves themselves, and you know they have the right to do so. Okay, so 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 go on a uh, go on your Greg Carvel thing here. No, before so we I've move done this plenty, winners. right? I mean, I, I've had problems with Carvel throughout the season, more just defending the conference because I know how much they're trying to go through to make the season happen, and he just seems to keep having issues with every step of the way. Right, and so I don't mean to bury the guy every single week, but it's just you know once again we see after Sunday's game, literally the the, the leading quote that UMass tweeted out on their post game recap, like oh you know I think uh, I was nervous about having ten days between between games, um, and here we are and we lost this one, and I definitely think that that was part of the reason. It's like dude, 
Like, you're, not only is every single team going through this, but you're literally playing a team that had two games played going into this one. Like, I think 10 days is going to be okay for you, Greg. And there's there's nothing they could have controlled about having that Providence-UMass game canceled on Wednesday. The league did everything they could to try to give you a game in the middle of the week, but they couldn't make it happen because of whatever reason. And so now you're going to tear them apart because it's just a weird season. Like... Welcome, like, get in line, you know, get on the bus. Like, this imagine, is what everybody's going through. Imagine if after f- last Friday's loss to Providence and they got trounced, yeah. Albie O'Connell said, I was concerned that we went too long without a game after beating Northeastern on February 28th <laughs> and going 307 days. I was concerned that our mental edge would be off, and I thought that w- that it was tonight. Imagine if Albie O'Connell said, we've waited. So-. Well, he kind of did. He kind of credited them being out of shape. He um, did, actually. <laughs> But like it's true. I'm at, like just I I don't know. I I'm fine with Carvel. I think he's a great coach. I yeah. I kind of like the quotes and the fiery comments like and he, they're not like he's not a fiery dude. Like he's not saying this like yelling and screaming. He's probably just sitting there like Mike Babcock and you know what I hmm. thought our mental edge was off and stuff. The like Bill he, Belichick of hockey East. Yeah, yeah, like like he's obviously not saying this like to I guess create a a, a crap storm here, but like like man, everybody's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's going through it. Like, come on, man. And like, Albie O'Connell catches a ton of flack. Like, if like someone to like, I remember like last week, Mark Diver tweeted out like O'Connell saying like they're out of shape and stuff. And then like the following night when they beat uh, when they beat Providence, I saw him tweet more Albie quotes. And someone like a bunch of people were in Mark Diver's replies saying like, "Oh, where are the excuses tonight?" So like you huh. know like you know Albie O'Connell and BU kind of take that. And I don't I don't think UMass kind of takes like. Or maybe Carvel, I suppose. I don't know if they take the yeah. same level of criticism for when they make excuses. But you know what? Whatever. Like, it's in the past now. You know, we're done playing them. I don't think B will see UMass again till potentially the playoffs. Um, but like, yeah, yeah it, it hard just, it hardly matters, and it's just it's just a little annoying because like I like Carvel. He's a great coach, but like, dude, everybody's going through it. There's like yeah, literally just, nothing you can do. Oh, Jake Goddet suspended one game. There you go. It probably deserved there. Uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned for the Carvel comments on that one. Imagine how he feels about this schedule, by the way. Like, rip up the oh, schedule, nothing it. matters. Oh, he 100% hates it. <laughs> he doesn't know who he's going to play, um, you know, two weeks from now. How's he going to get prepared? How's it, how, 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 what can he do? How's he going to know? I, I don't know, but that, that's all I have to say. Just a little frustrated with Greg Carvel on the whole this season. Um, it's, you know... And the, him saying that, uh, please let me keep talking myself into a hole here, Patrick. <laughs> him saying like, oh, I, you know, I want to see, um, like, why, why can't we keep playing when BU decides not to play? And now apparently all of UMass thinks that BU just decided not to play. It's like, and I don't think they just said, oh, no thanks. Like, I think there was probably a reason for it. <sighs> so, yeah, the, the less we can think about Greg Carville for the next two months till the end of the season, uh, probably the better. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's move along, Patrick, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. BU Women's Hockey is back this weekend. Oh, good topic change there. They get, uh, sorry, uh, like that whole time you were just backing yourself into a corner. I was, uh, you know, finding the clip of uh, Godet's hit and quote tweeting the hockey's thing. boy, um, Nice. Hey, you That's have nice. the film. You got to use guy. it. Um, Clips on toast. But, so... BU, women's hockey, back this weekend. Like I just said, they were originally supposed to play UConn at, away at UConn on Saturday. 
and home at Walter Brown Arena on Sunday. But that has since changed. After their two-week pause, after a positive test within the team, we don't know who, we don't really care, as long as everyone's healthy. Um, BU will now have Maine at home Saturday afternoon before having Maine at home again on Sunday afternoon. For those curious, UConn will now play Holy Cross. Um, but wasn't curious. I think just uh, just to see <laughs> just to see the other loose end tied. Um, nice. But yeah, haha. Um, but yeah, it's good to have women's hockey back. I honestly feel better about them playing Maine um, than UConn because they got kind of they got they got rolled by uh, yeah. by UConn in that mm. final game before the pause, like before winter break, and they pause and everything. Yep. Um, and like we were talking about, like Natalie Snodgrass, when she gonna wake up? She woke up against BU. Um, but you know, you, Maine is a is a really interesting series to me coming up because. Um, you know, that last game against UConn, yeah, BU was shorthanded and stuff, and you wonder what the lineup looks like now, depending on the on the COVID test or, you know, who's healthy and who isn't, you know, whether it's, you know, Emma Wuthrich starting trying, we were told, probably making a comeback sometime in January from her offseason surgery, um, mm-hmm. whether or not she'll be ready to go, or just kind of what it all looks like, because it was like a, it was a team that I don't think found their identity or their role or kind of set a lineup for themselves in those three games or two games. Right. Those two games before uh, before break or two, three. They played twice against UNH, correct? Yeah, three. Um, and those three games. None were um, good. <laughs> yeah, like just um, I'm just really curious to see how they come out, especially like this is essentially the beginning of their season again. Right. Well, which is for the better, too, because the way that they looked in those first three games, it was like, this team needs a little bit of a reset, and, and that's what they're getting here, which is good to see. Um, and I think that they could definitely have harder matchups than Maine um, to start with. You know, we look at, oh, they got the stars, you know, Ida Cupola up top, and then the goalie's been great as well, um, whose name escapes me, even though I literally talked to her a month ago. Whoops, nice one, Brady. Uh, regardless, I think uh, BU should be able to handle Maine. At least for a game. Like, I would expect two wins for the Terriers, uh, but maybe that's given previous form and not this year's team. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Maine's also had their fair share of shutdowns this year, too. They've had two different pauses, I believe. Um, so, you know, there's no real experience gap. I think it's just, uh, I mean, they, they lost 3-2 to two in overtime to Northeastern. So they did play well this past Sunday. Um, but we'll see. Coming to BU, site of last year's uh, Hockey's quarterfinal upset. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They'll bring their great jerseys too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the, really excited to see those series. see those Maine jerseys. Um, but Four in net for Maine, uh, Lauren Porter for Maine. Thank you. Yes, um, she's been great. She's four and five. They there's something wonky going on with the stats, but if mental math is correct, she's about nine forty six save percentage. Yeah, and a right. uh, quickly here for this the goals against about oh boy. Give me a second. Give me a second. About two twenty goals against. Um, yeah. There's a. Eh, maybe not. It's it's probably closer to two because something's happening with main stats here where there's a Lauren Porter with eight games and a Lauren Porter with one game. Um, BU has the same exact thing. Drew Comesso has yeah, two different it's, profiles. It's, it's yeah. I, I asked uh, Kevin Edelson, the women's SID, about it. He's they're aware of it. They don't know what's going on. Or he oh, said he'll try and figure it out. But that was a month ago, so I, I guess they haven't figured it out. Because um, I, I haven't talked to Kevin in a while. It's been winter break, and they've been on pause. So um, Kevin's as good as ever. Don't worry. Yeah, He's great. Kev, Kevin's best in the business. Um, oh, yeah. But 
you know, you, you said it with Maine. I'm so excited to see Ida Kupala play hockey this weekend. Like, she kind of had her come, well, I guess, yeah, her coming out party as a freshman last season. And she was especially good in the, that upset series against BU. So, first of all, there's the track record there. It's kind of the rematch here. Um, and then Kupala, I, got, I think, got the overtime winner in game one there. Um, but, you know, just watching her play this year, she just, her her release, like, she might have the best shot in the conference, I think, like, on both sides. Um, you know, four goals, six points in eight games. She's she's a goal scorer. She's got that Jake DeBrusque stat line. A lot of goals, <laughs> not many assists. Um, but her release is effortless, and I'm I'm prob- she's probably the player I'm most excited to see play this weekend. Wow. Alrighty, there you go. Uh, I think that'll be good, and and I also think uh, the men's series will be good too. Um, this Providence team, uh, or sorry. This main team beating Providence once uh, before losing by a goal this past uh, weekend. So three of their last, uh, or two of their last three have been wins. But other than that, it was all losses for the Black Bears, who have also, oh, and a, and a shootout win, I suppose. Um, they've also had their fair share of stoppages. I think they've had about eight games postponed this year. So, you know, this is more BU speed in terms of experience as compared to Providence and UMass on the men's side. I agree. There you go. Um, I like cool. To, uh, I like too the, the scheduling because um, this this year, as you know, that they're doing uh, schedules based on uh, home and home series each weekend, except for you, or sorry, Vermont and Maine. So uh, so this weekend with both um, BU teams getting Maine, they're both going to be coming to Boston, which means we'll have four different games at Walter Brown Arena. And if that's not cool enough, we'll have the first ever men's and women's doubleheader at Walter Brown Arena. Did you know that? First ever. Yeah, women's officially, uh, their first season was 05, and that's when Aganis had it as an inaugural season. There you go. Um, Coincidence? I think not, by the way. Is that why they started the women's program, like officially? Because they had their own arena? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they I didn't think that they could have two Division One teams at the same time in the same place. Well, here they are. They're doing it now, and it'll be fun. We spent a lot of time there this weekend. Yeah, I will finally be back this weekend Woo. Um, at, at the friendly confines of Walter Brown Arena, but... Anything else before we leave? Yeah, just so schedule Friday, the men play at 3.30. Saturday, the women play at 1. The men play at 6.30. Sunday, the women play at 1. Oh, sorry, sorry, play at 3. Not great for your uh, NFL conference championship viewing, but great for your college hockey viewing. Um, by the way, if you want to look at the standings just for a split second, I did go back and look at um, all the, the, um, the points percentage rankings in Hockey East. So far this year, and if you're curious, the BU men rank third, uh, with BC first at a uh, 7.67 points per game, and UMass Lowell at 7.50. So there you go. They're not points per game though. I still don't understand that. Points percentage versus points per game. I'm gonna learn that this week. I think they're different things, aren't they? We literally did this last episode. Points percentage is. Uh is like 500 if you're two and two your points percentage is 500 um, you get a point in point five because you've gotten a, yes you've gotten a point in half your games or okay so you, you've won half your games i guess winning winning percentage would be the case so um, riddle me this though bu is at a six six seven after winning three of four but one was an overtime win see i don't when you Does get into the area of win? When you get into the area of regulation wins are worth three and overtime wins are worth two, that's when it gets confusing if you go point. Because 
when you do the traditional two points for a win, one point for a tie, none for a loss, mm-hmm. then it's easy to just say winning percentage and points percentage are the same thing. Yeah. Um, Which would be nice. But, oh, well. Yeah. It, they'll figure it out. It's not my job to figure they'll it out. They'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, BU men are, uh, you know, off to just about as good as a start as you could have expected. And, uh, and this is a big weekend, too, for both the BU men and women, because you would expect them to be the favorites against Maine both on both sides. And, uh, and so this is more of a... And this is the question of do you play to your opponent for the men, right? They've played up to some really good teams. Hopefully they don't play down to a bad main team. Not bad. Yeah, kind of bad. A team that you should beat. This is the first team, <laughs> team you're seeing that – this is the first team BU's playing that we can confidently say they should beat or at least get three or four points against. Thank you. That's or or five of six points against. And the women's team, if you're going or, by roster, I suppose, should be I suppose four of six because ideally at worst you go 1-0-1 this weekend. Um, but – and. I think you should sweep Maine. Oh, yeah. It'd be awesome to come away from this with four wins. Hopefully, that's what we'll be talking about next week. Anyways, take it home, Patrick. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, you can find me on Twitter at PatDon12. You can find, if you haven't figured it out by now, you can find Brady on Twitter at BradyDGardner, WTV Sports, of course, at WTV Sports. Friday's game and Saturday's women's game, I believe you will have Carol and Mooney for live coverage. Subject to change, of course, because everything is subject to change these days. Um, and you should have me for live coverage on Saturday night's men's game and Sunday afternoon's women's game. And, of course, you can find every bit of written content between previews, articles, takeaways, what have you, on WTB Sports, which is sites.bu.edu slash WTBU slash sports. That's right. The risk we take in doing the podcast on Tuesdays is that anything can change from now until Friday or even Sunday. So uh, for the updates on all that, make sure that you're staying tuned to the, the socials and uh, and the, the, the website. There you go. Yeah, but I think that's all. So in that that's case, all. thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.